0: Welcome to the Wellness Connection with your hosts, Roddy Glees and Peter McCarthy. Our program provides you with timely and relevant information on the state of your health and the topics surrounding it, such as natural remedies, green living, expert opinions, important facts, and more to contribute to your healthy lifestyle. Now, here are Peter McCarthy and Roddy Glees.
1: Hello and welcome to the Wellness Connection. I'm your co-host Roddy Iglesias, And I'm your co-host Peter McCarthy and we have an exciting and informative show for you today including an interview with pioneering researcher and hormone expert Dr. Lindsay Berkson, a discussion with health freedom attorney and advocate Diane Miller and our usual features, the supplement of the week, the burning question, and this week's drug-induced nutrient depletion report. But before that, in our news segment, Radia, you have some important news regarding the correlation of gut health with obesity.
2: I do indeed, Peter.
1: Obesity has been linked
2: with higher levels of inflammation, with the exact underlying mechanism remaining unclear. Recently, researchers published in the journal Cell, Host, and Microbe have learned how one anti-inflammatory protein influences weight gain. University of Carolina researchers and colleagues have published a study saying the anti-inflammatory protein NLRP12 protected against insulin uh, resistance and obesity in mice studies. NLRP-12 genes encode the NLRP-12 anti-inflammatory protein, which appears to be underactive among obese individuals. NLRP-12 activity promotes growth of certain strains of beneficial gut bacteria which have additional protective effects against insulin resistance and obesity. To establish how NLRP12 genes affect likelihood of developing obesity, model mice were engineered not to express NLRP12 genes. Knockout mice and control regular mice were fed high fat diets for several months. Knockout mice were observed to accumulate more fat more easily, showed more inflammation in the gut and areas of fat deposits, and started to display signs of insulin resistance indicating the development of obesity. Findings support those studies which have shown that obesity correlates with loss of bacterial diversity in the gut. Certain strains of bacteria become suppressed in obesity, allowing other bacteria to proliferate in the absence of competition.
1: Well, Roddy, you know, uh, there's the old adage that we all use in the natural health community, that good health always begins in the gut. And here's some more evidence of that, that it not only contributes to good health in digestion and elimination, but also weight management. Yeah, we also see such a
2: continuing uh, correlation with inflammation with just about everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) isn't that the truth?
2: But Peter, your news piece addresses an issue we see all too often at work, the consequences of lack of
1: sleep. Yeah, and we talked about this in another news segment, but this is new information because a new study sheds light on the correlation between daytime sleepiness and development of neurological damage later in life. Older adults who frequently report feeling sleepy during the day have been found to be three times more likely to develop beta amyloid deposits later in life, as published in the journal Sleep. Beta amyloid proteins are characteristically seen in Alzheimer's disease, making these findings relevant as it would suggest that getting a good night's sleep may help to prevent the development of the brain-wasting disease. Risk for Alzheimer's disease have already been shown to be reduced by modifying diet, exercise, and cognitive activity. There has been little study on sleep as a risk factor, even though disturbed sleep is a hallmark of the disease, with the, the disturbed sleep patterns in those with alzheimer 's disease thought to be due to growth of amyloid plaques and resulting neuronal changes. this long term study was based on data from the Baltimore Longitudinal Study of Aging, initiated by the National Institute of Aging and was designed to mirror long term health of thousands of volunteers. To investigate and discover risk factors for age-related conditions.
2: Uh, Peter, you and I have talked about how many people
1: come into our pharmacies that have Sleep issues. You know, it's it's one of the most prevalent problems that we see day in and day out. Absolutely. And, you know, here's some more evidence that shows you really need to get good quality sleep in order to maintain long current, long-term good health.
2: Absolutely. Well, now it's my pleasure and privilege to introduce our featured guest, who is also a longtime friend and colleague, Dr. Lindsay Berkson has been in practice in functional medicine with an emphasis on nutrition, hormones, intimacy, and digestion for decades. She is considered one of the easily thought, early thought leaders of (laughs) many doctors, including MDs and pharmacists, in the science behind natural answers. She formulated Metagenics' first professional female line. She was a scholar at a hormone think tank at Tulane, and has published original research with the University of Texas Medical
1: School at Houston. Yes, and she's a research fellow with Health Sciences Collegium and a professor for higher board certification programs for functional medicine programs for medical professionals. Dr. Burtzen wrote wrote the first gut-mind nutrition published in By Wiley, Healthy Digestion, the Natural Way, and one of the first books on hormone-altering chemicals. Hormone Deception with McGraw-Hill. Her newest book, Sexy Brain, shows how human connection and the human brain is under attack and how to protect ourselves and our children. Dr. Lindsay, welcome to the Wellness Connection.
3: Thank you very much
2: for having me on the show. Thank you very much. Dr. Lindsay, you know, that is an attention-grabbing title to your new book, Sexy Brain. Uh, Why would you want a sexy brain?
3: People usually think of hormones as sexy things, as reproductive things, as th- um, elements to worry about when you're aging and they're going south. But we don't think of hormones in the brain. We do not think of them. I went to a brain conference, a 22-hour brain conference for relicensing last spring in Florida, and there wasn't one mention of hormones. But the brain is completely run by sexy hormones, the sex hormones that we have come to know as those that we think of with sex and reproduction, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, and the love hormone oxytocin, the brain is run by signals from those hormones, and most of our data shows that most cognitive decline, whether it's Alzheimer's, body disease, just having brain fog, really starts to occur when sex steroid hormone signals start to go south on the brain. But the problem is we live in a dirty environment and a lot of our pollutants are hormone altering chemicals and they're having a castrating effect on our connection with each other and our ability to keep our brains sexy. So I wrote a book, a manual about why you want a sexy brain and how to keep a sexy brain in an environment with chemicals attacking
1: your brain. Wow, well you know you mentioned that you talked uh, or went to a uh, continuing education conference where there was no mention of hormones as part of the curriculum. Why do you think most doctors don't know about this?
3: It is not taught in med school. Hormones are taught basically in a very minimalistic way, and then in endocrinology and gynecology, it's a totally different way of looking at hormones, not really on how hormone receptors and signals influence the entire body. For example, um, so I was a scholar at Tulane, and I got to work with Elwa Jensen, who discovered the very first estrogen, and Yanaki Gustafson, who discovered the second estrogen, and their receptors for all of these estrogens on your lungs. And we know that people are more prone to lung disease or can't really improve over certain diseases that are considered incurable in the lungs until they're given hormones because hormones give signals to your lungs and keep your lungs healthy. But if you go to a pulmonologist, they will never talk about running your hormones or asking if hormone replacement might have anything to do with improving your lung health. It's not taught in school and One of the most powerful studies ever run to prove the link between hormones and the brain came out of the CASH uh, series of studies. It's called CASH County, Utah. It's a city in Utah. And a bunch of researchers took a look at about 10,000 people. It was a prospective study. So they looked at the people before they had dementia and they had sexy brains. And then they followed them over time to see who got dementia. And what were the factors that were protective and the factors that were dangerous to keep your brain with great cognition. And this study discovered that if women had been on estrogen replacement therapy for at least 10 years, sometime in their life, they literally had a 50% reduction in any kind of cognitive decline and even if they had the vulnerability gene to Alzheimer's. But the problem was that study that's incredible, to show that hormones can protect your brain against dementia, came out two, three months after the Women's Health Initiative was published in July of 2002. That study, the first study that was spun off in October, came out a few months after July when the Women's Health Initiative, which was an ill-fated study on synthetic hormones and older women who are mainly obese, and they came out with warning, dangerous signals about hormones until it took about five six years for people to realize that the data from that study didn't really apply to everyone but that cash county study got buried and it was one of the most significant studies we've ever had and in fact it um, the uh, department of psychiatry at McGill University did another very significant study and they won a huge award and a lot of money for it and they took MRIs of people's hippocampus, which is where most of your memory lives, and they took people who already were beginning to have frailty and poor name recall and signs of getting older and your brain shrinking, and they measured the volume of this little area of the brain called the hippocampus, and then they gave women shots of estrogen, and they gave men shots of testosterone, and in five or six weeks, the size of the hippocampus Enlarged or re-volumized and these people's brain cognitive functions started to return. The brain got bigger. The bigger your brain volume, the better it is because size matters, especially in the brain. And they were able with hormone replacement to reverse aging hippocampal shrinkage and to reboot function. They won $100,000 in the Kurt Richter Award for that research but for some reason that's not taught in med school and if you go to see a gerontologist and you're starting to have word loss and cognitive decline and maybe some vulnerability genes they won't even look at your hormones even though president at the university of uh, at the department of neurology at ucla has written a book called the end of alzheimer's and now is published in the journal aging and he has data if you have mild or moderate dementia, where hormones are part of the program, and there's a few other lists of interventions, but a big part of President's reversal of Alzheimer's is getting people on hormones who need it, but his, his you go to dementia conferences, and they're not talking about hormones
2: No, at all. You know what's so interesting, I want to back up a little bit, because I, I caught this when you brought this up a few minutes ago. Um, I have a client who has been diagnosed with emphysema and you were mentioning lung disease in relationship to hormones um, tell me a little bit, bit about that, flesh that out for me will you?
3: Okay well so the way, so Hormone 101 in a simplistic way because now we know there's many ways that hormones deliver their email, you think of hormones like the, inter- the physiologic internet system of the body and they're Delivering emails to tissues, the tissues will keep keeping you healthy. And so, um, and as we age, this email freezes and we that's part of aging is hormonal email freezing. So we actually, the way the hormone delivers an email is it swims into a set of proteins in the shape of a satellite dish called a receptor. And these receptors are on our biological real estate all over our body, wherever we have hormone receptors hormones are sending signals and they do that to maintain the health of the tissue where the receptors live so your lungs both men and women are filled with estrogen receptors testosterone receptors progesterone receptors and even other receptors well we know that there's thyroid and cortisol receptors on almost every cell but a lot of having a great voice so you can have a radio show like you guys do or give a talk in front of a um a group and or maybe close that deal in front of a bunch of interested buyers you know you want to have powerful voice want to have presence a lot of that comes from your hormones signaling your lungs and when you get older you get little old lady voice you get less breath you get a lot of that loss of capacity of uh, vocality comes from less hormonal email and you could reboot a lot of that so if people who are older but on hormone replacement have younger voices, stronger voices, stronger pulmonary function tests because their lungs are getting those hormone signals. And we've become so compartmentalized in medicine that people miss out on this other tool. There's no guarantee that 100% of people who go on hormone replacement are going to have improvement in lung function, but a lot do, and. It's a shame that the patient misses out because the way the curriculum is taught to docs, there's no connect these dots. Wow.
1: Wow. That's, that's absolutely stunning information. And I hope our, our listeners really appreciate the significance of that. But I want to back up to one of the statements that you made at the outset of this interview, Dr. Lindsay, you were talking about, a dirty planet having a lot to do with our hormone uh, status. Tell us more about that. What does that have to do with it?
3: It's so huge, Peter, that the Huffington Post and Harvard powwowed together. And in January 31st of 2017, they put on a series of public forums and they opened, many of the people in this group were the guys that I worked with at Tulane because the scientists I worked with at Tulane were hormone scientists looking at how pollutants can now mimic our own hormones and send sabotaging like virus type emails to our bodies and send the wrong messages and that's now known as endocrine disruption our hormones are disrupted by fake emails by from chemicals that's why my book was called hormone deception so on this uh public forum which anyone can get you can go online and just put a harvard or huffington post public forum endocrine disruption and the link will pop up they said we've always thought that the two major threats against humanity are first nuclear war and second is um global warming but now there's a third that must be embraced because it is threatening the future of mankind and that is hormone disruption endocrine disruption It's altering milestones of reproduction. We're going into when we menstruate earlier, when we go into menopause earlier, they feel 25% of pregnancies now have complications because of endocrine disrupting compounds stuck in the placenta causing complications. It's affecting the brain like I wrote in my book and children's brains, the autism spectrum. Humanity is under siege because hormones run us in a way that medicine hasn't taught doctors. But these hormones are still running us and pollutants that can mimic hormones and gain entry into our body and send the wrong email messages to our own hormones are sabotaging our race. So in this forum by Harvard and the Huffington Post and a bunch of my gang from Tulane, they said hormone altering chemicals are now the third huge major threat to humanity. And that's why I wrote Sexy Brain because our brain is under attack and even our sexual identity and our ability to long for each other and to connect. We have more androgyny, 15-year-old girls want to become males, we have gender bending. This is environmental castration by hormone altering chemicals and that's why I wrote this book is to help people protect
1: their loved ones and themselves. Dr. Lindsay, hold that thought because we do need to go to break and we'll be right back after this brief message from our sponsor with more from Dr. Lindsay Berkson you're listening to the Wellness Connection on Voice America Digital Radio Network
4: and good health two essential building blocks for a full and rich life but sometimes in our complex and stressful world both can be lost and you need to find a natural way to get them back enter cbd oil a natural approach to restoring harmony to your body and your life but not just any cbd oil for natural results you want to be sure the cbd oil you use is produced the right way wave organics offers pure cbd oil from hemp raised naturally on farms in colorado The oil is extracted using supercritical CO2, which is free of toxic solvents. In fact, Wave controls every step in the process, offering quality control and natural approaches from seed to shelf. Visit waayb.com to learn more and use the code wellnessconnection for a 10% discount on your first order. Wave Organics, pure natural CBD.
0: Listening to the Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter Aradia, please send it via email to the Wellness Connection, AHI, at gmail.com. That's the Wellness Connection, AHI, at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show.
1: Well, Radia, the recent court ruling against Monsanto's Roundup more and more people are paying attention to how and where natural product crops are grown. And why is Wave CBD oil different from others?
2: Well, Peter, you know, it's kind of ironic because here we are on the subject with Dr. Lindsay, but uh, Wave hemp is grown in Colorado on farms that are free of pesticides and soil free of any uh, uh, toxins. So where the hemp is grown is just as important as how it's grown. A lot of hemp comes from Asia and is grown in ground that is poisoned with heavy metals. Uh, The hemp will detoxify the soil, but then those toxins are in the hemp sold to U.S.
1: So quality certainly does matter, and WAIB certainly does have it, don't they? Absolutely.
2: Well, welcome back to the Wellness Connection and our continuing interview with hormone expert Dr. Lindsay Berkson. Dr. Lindsay a big part of hormone imbalances come from environmental exposure, which we were talking about before the break. Um, what are? Can you continue on as we we were right in the middle, enthralled in this interesting conversation about hormone altering chemicals? Well, hormone altering chemicals is a huge
3: umbrella term for many many things. Um, they can be volatile organic pollutants that outgas off paint from your wall. You go into a brand new baby nursery and you paint the wall before the baby comes, but there's volatile organic pollutants in there. Well, they can get into the mom's pregnant body, start creating havoc in her placenta and the developing baby. They could start endocrine disrupting right away with the baby that's developing in the womb. And then when the baby is born and the brain is like crazy, um, really developing neural pathways and having dynamic development early on in life, those volatile organic pollutants can affect the baby. There could be plastics coming off of the rug. There can be, um, if you, consume fruit juice in plastic containers. The fruit juice is acidic and the plastic containers go into the fruit juice. If you take plastic containers and rewash them in a dishwasher with regular harsh dish soap, plastic is very estrogenic. And those estrogens go in the food that you store the plastic in. When I was at Tulane, the biggest news story that ever happened with the scientists there, in fact our, our symposia was E-Dot, called E-Dot hormone. And it was put on for 33 years and the last few years sounded naturopathic because it had a lot to do with food and nutrients and so forth. But we had a whole bunch of TV um, uh, reporters and newspaper reporters coming to interview this scientist who had raised rats on plastic containers that were just washed in a regular dishwasher with regular dishwashing soap that you buy from the local grocery store. And then all she did was take that plastic container that had been washed in regular soap in a dishwasher, put water in it, and let a pregnant rat drink from that water and let the babies drink from it um, that were originally born from the generation before. The pregnant rats developed babies that couldn't give birth, And the baby rats who went on couldn't become pregnant. So there was so much estrogen that leached into the water in a container that had been washed in a a dishwasher that there was so much estrogen that it was able to create infertility. And her message was that our world of plastics is contributing to infertility and who knows what else. And there were lights and cameras and it made big news because it's very important to know that. But most people that come in to see me as patients don't know about that. And the reason that plastic is so estrogenic is Sir Charles Dobbs created plastics and he loved the estrogen molecular structure. And in fact, he made one of the most powerful estrogens ever invented on the planet which was used for 36 years as the prenatal vitamin. It was called diethylstilbestrol, and its nickname is DES. But oh. he made that, and plastics are similar to that. And the women who were given that as a prenatal vitamin while they were pregnant—millions of women—their daughters were born infertile. Oh my goodness! Yes. And many of them got cancer at a very specific age because their cancer assault. Terrible endocrine disruptive email was delivered to them in the womb. So your endocrine disrupting emails can be delivered in egg and sperm and in the womb before you're even born, and then you can pass them on to next generation. And that's why the earth is getting more and more um, endocrine chaotic. And we do need stronger laws and we need to know how to detox ourselves. Prior to pregnancy or prior to conception, which I've labeled green pregnancy, and try and figure out how do we keep healthy generations coming in a world that has so many chemicals attack, attacking our major signaling molecules that run our lives and our brain and our reproduction. Mm-hmm.
1: Dr. Lindsay, can you give us some do's and don'ts when it comes to dealing with plastics and incorporating them or not in our lives?
3: Sure. Just so you know, though, I have all this summarized in Hormone Deception, which is a real user-friendly book, but it gives you all the information on endocrine disruption, and I have a lot of it summarized in Sexy Brain. Um, The first thing you want to do is you never want to reuse plastic containers. And you want to try and go plastic-free as much as you can. Every time you use a can, even if it's Zevia soda, it's lined with plastic. So anytime you consume any food from a can, you're getting exposure to plastic. Um, It's different types of plastic, but it's still being linked to hormonally-driven cancers. Like, for example, Joseph... Casano who started Bastyr College he just came out with a book called The Toxin Solution I have a radio show too and I had him on my show and he was saying for so many cans and so many much plastic that you were exposed to each month you increase your risk of getting breast cancer by this much so you want to try and go plastic free as much as you can buy your mayonnaise and glass jars Buy your ketchup in glass jars um, Fruit juice isn't a great drink anyway, but try not to have that. If you have canned foods, minimize it. If you want to have beans, try and cook your beans from scratch. So that and it's difficult because most water filters are plastic. Most olive oil press presses in Italy are made of plastic. We can't completely get away from it. But research that I discussed in Hormone Deception and lots of other research has shown um, and I don't think we have time for me to go into that research, but it's clearly shown if you just improve your life by decreasing your exposures and improving your food by 25 to 45%, it doesn't have to be perfect. You start getting really healthier and you protect yourself from the potential adverse effects of all these issues. So you get rid of as much plastic as you can. Uh, The next time you build a home you don't put rugs in which are filled with plastic you put in wood floors with a with a natural made rug on top but um if you wipe your feet off on a mat in front of your door there's been studies meticulous studies to see how many times you have to wipe your feet off to get the stuff that's on the bottom of your shoes not into your house which are mostly endocrine disruptors just as you wipe your feet twice on the outside mat and twice on the inside mat and then take your shoes off, you reduce your exposure to your whole family like by about 80%. Wow. Because there's, there's so much of chemicals on the bottom of your shoes, it's, it's astounding
1: well let's switch gears a little bit and talk about something okay. a little more positive because i I, think I know
3: it can get a little doomsday but yeah, it's good you know, to know that you only have to be a little serious, bit improved
1: uh you talk a lot <laughs> about something called the love hormone we've got about uh, three minutes left uh in our segment here what is the love hormone and why is it important
3: so the love hormone is called oxytocin i'm giving a several hour talk on it in Houston next week to a bunch of pharmacists and medical docs. Um, Oxytocin is the hormone that we could think of as pregnancy because the mother releases it to help start the birth process and the milk uh, lactating process, but actually, and we make it when we have orgasm and women make more and it's a bonding hormone. So women bond more through making love than men, no matter how much men say we're friends and don't get attached to me. She makes more (laughs) oxytocin (laughs) and oxytocin attaches her to him and her brain makes her do it. There's nothing that he could say, you know, we're friends, don't get into me. Just let's meet on Thursday at this bar. And you know, she'll Mm -hmm. say, I promise I won't get into you, but her, she makes more oxytocin so she bonds to him no matter what. But a healthy person makes oxytocin every two to three minutes their whole entire adult life. And oxytocin runs your parasympathetic nervous system, your calm, the nervous system that runs a healthy gut. You were just talking at the beginning of the show that, that health starts in the gut. Well, oxytocin signaling helps health start in the gut. It has Is a lot thing? to do with gut health. Yeah, do it does. What does have to do with our gut? Everything everything because you make see in my book I just I show how nature never does anything without an exact purpose and nature wants us to make love and when we make love we release these hormones oxytocin estrogen testosterone and it's all low-carb paleo friendly (laughs) (laughs) and we release these chemicals and hormones and they protect our gut and our brain and our health. And it's not a small thing. We are supposed to make love and enjoy it on a very regular basis. And the people that have more sex keep their wits about them longer. They have less dementia, they have less cancer, less illness, but we don't teach it like that. So my book, Sexy Brain, is like a manual that you could give to your kids that are about to get engaged to help them understand why it's good to know how to have a great sex life. Nature wants you to have a lot of oxytocin it's well, your you feel go. good lindsay, feel right with the world
1: hormone <laughs> before we let you go dr lindsay uh, and gosh you have so much to share with us uh, how can uh, our listeners learn more about what you're doing
3: um well i'm taking a, a, a spaceship to another planet tomorrow so i'll actually be gone for a few years no <laughs> that's not true <laughs> so i have a radio show called dr Berkson's Best Health Radio. They can listen to that. I've got it on my website, which is DrLindsayBerkson.com, and I have a blog called the Berkson Blog, and I I have thousands of blogs on my site that are pretty in-depth, and so there's a lot of interesting data. And I even have some cooking shows on my site, so I've got lots of fun things if you go there. And if you want to do consults with me, I do some consults now all around the world, and people can always click on my consult section at DrLindsayBerkson.com to get in touch with me if they want to work with me.
2: And for well, our listeners, that's B-E-R-K-S-O-N,
1: Berkson. Well, thank you, Dr. Oh, yeah, Berkson, thank for you. joining us on the Wellness Connection, and we hope that uh, you'll join us again soon.
3: Oh, you guys are great. You know how much I love you guys. You are just Mm -hmm. wonderful people, and I feel really lucky that you're in my life. And thank you so much for doing this to to pass the information
1: forward. Thank you. Thank you. Our pleasure. Yep. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsors.
5: All of us go through menopause or andropause at some point in our life. The changes in our body make us feel depressed, less confident, and lethargic. Research shows that levels of testosterone drop 50% between the ages of 20 and 40 for females and almost 1% every year for males over the age of 40. Alpha Male X and Alpha Female contain a powerful blend of nine synergistic ingredients designed to help support healthy hormone metabolism in men and women. Additionally, the select ingredients in this formula have been proven clinically effective in supporting sexual health and energy, promoting healthy cortisol levels, and providing dopamine support. When it comes to hormones, one supplement does not fit all. So be sure and visit alphatherapeutics.us and fill out the questionnaire to get the dosing instructions that are right for you. Use the code Connection for a 15% discount on your first order. Let's connect, because together we make our lives
0: better. listening to the wellness connection if you have a question or comment for peter aradia please send it via email to the wellness connection ahi at gmail.com that's the wellness connection ahi at gmail.com now let's return to this week's show
2: talk just a little bit about stress and why alpha male X is uniquely formulated. So, Peter, tell our listeners a little bit about stress. You're the expert on
1: that. Well, thank you, Rodney. Yes. and stress is uh, our reaction to our external as well as our internal environment, such as pain, inflammation, and even thoughts and feelings, stress is our body's natural uh, response to dangers commonly known as our fight or flight mechanism. This response involves a complex biochemical and hormonal process, including our stress hormone, cortisol. And cortisol has a direct relationship with our sex hormones, such as testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, etc.
2: So when we're under stress, Mother Nature decides it's not time to breed, it's time to fight or flight. So in our body, we have free hormones and bound hormones. Think of hormones as keys and the hormone receptors on the cell as locks. When it's time to fight or flight, our body secretes cortisol and binds our testosterone keys in a sheath made of a sex hormone binding globulin, SHBG. Only those hormones that are not sheathed by a binding globulin can be used, So symptoms of low T do not necessarily mean you have low testosterone, but rather too little free testosterone and too much bound testosterone that's not usable.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, classic medicine seems to focus on the fact that the SHBG, which can be either high or low, is not pertinent, that the total testosterone is all that matters. It is the free testosterone that really matters, and free T is what will affect one's symptoms.
2: So alpha male X and alpha female have ashwagandha in it to manage your cortisol.
1: Well, Radia, we know what that sound means. It's time for our weekly feature, the supplement of the week. And what would that be?
2: Well, here's a mouthful for you, Peter. What the heck is Saccharomyces boulardii? S-A-C-C-H-A-R-O-M-Y-C-E-S-B-O-U-L-A-R-D-I-I. I spell that out because people go, I can't even begin to pronounce that.
1: So it sounds like something from an Italian restaurant. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Saccharomyces boulardii. Increasing evidence shows that the gastrointestinal microflora is a major regulator of the immune system, not only in the gut, but also in other organs. And most of us refer to a probiotic as a friendly bacteria. But Saccharomyces boulardii, although it is also considered a probiotic, is actually a friendly yeast.
1: Yes, Saccharomyces boulardii has been prescribed in the past 30 years for prophylaxis and the treatment of diarrheal diseases caused by bacteria.
2: But more importantly, Saccharomyces boulardii has demonstrated clinical and experimental effectiveness in gastrointestinal diseases with a predominant inflammatory component.
1: Well, there's that I word again, inflammation. Mm-hmm. And that would indicate that this probiotic might interfere with cellular signaling path pathways common in many inflammatory conditions.
2: Another interesting thing about Saccharomyces boulardii is unlike other probiotics that colonize in the gut, it does not normally inhabit the intestine. It's a transient yeast that
1: passes through the intestines after ingestion. So... S. does not attach to the lining of the intestinal lumen.
2: No, but it exerts its beneficial effects on your gut as it moves through your gastrointestinal tract. It inactivates bacterial toxins, inhibits toxin binding to the intestinal receptors, And lessens toxin-induced inflammation.
1: So it would therefore reduce the ability of potentially harmful microorganisms to adhere to and invade intestinal cells.
2: Saccharomyces boulardii also stimulates host immune defenses and intestinal enzymes that enhance nutrient digestion and absorption.
1: And I understand that it produces acids that combat potentially harmful microorganisms and assist in mineral absorption and nourish the colon
2: because it doesn't colonize, we need to replenish daily if we're treating a GI imbalance, yeast infection, or post-antibiotic treatment. My favorite, Peter, uh, is Saccharomyces boulardii by Molecular.
1: Yeah, you can buy it separately, or Orthobiotic from the same company has S. boulardii in it as well. And now it's time for the burning question where we answer those important health questions that you, the listeners, send in to us. It's important to note that any diagnosis of disease can only be provided by your medical doctor or other licensed healthcare professional, and none of the information we present is intended for the diagnosis or treatment of disease.
2: And the burning question this week comes from Robert in Santa Fe, and he asks, what exactly is free radicals? Well, the simplest way to explain a free radical is this. Free radicals are formed as a byproduct of oxidation.
1: That's right. We breathe oxygen, or O2, for example. The two equals two electrons or paired electrons on the oxygen molecule. And those two electrons keep the molecule balanced or stable.
2: A free radical is any molecule that has an unpaired electron. Which will, therefore, scavenge around looking for another molecule to attach itself to in order to stabilize.
1: Yes, and although oxygen is important in order to sustain life, sometimes oxygen can be very destructive.
2: Yeah, like imagine the paint on your car. After a few years of exposure to oxygen, the paint oxidizes, and what happens? It rests. It loses its luster and eventually deteriorates completely.
1: And during times of environmental stress or toxic exposure, free radical levels can increase dramatically, which can result in significant damage to cell structures. This accumulates into a situation known as oxidative stress.
2: Free radical damage to cellular tissue is a major cause of cancers and degenerative
1: disease. And the free radicals irritate, inflame, there's that I word again, age, and cause degeneration of body tissues.
2: We can literally rust on the inside.
1: But tell them the good news, Peter. Well, the good news is antioxidants destroy free radicals by donating one of their electrons but are themselves destroyed in the process. Therefore, they must constantly be replenished.
2: So now we understand what antioxidants means. That's right. Yeah, Mother Nature has packaged antioxidant nutrients in the fruits and vegetables we eat to prevent their spoilage but they also may
1: forestall our own spoilage. That's right. Antioxidants that protect us from chemical damage are dialed down in old age, and toxic burden and free radical damage can ignite our epigenetic expression.
2: On top of that, the mitochondria, the power plant of the cell, actually has its own DNA, and insulin and oxidative stress can mutate that DNA causing deterioration of our power plant, leading to energy reduction, cell destruction, heart disease, and aging.
1: Vitamin C and E and foods like blueberries, goji berries, chocolate, and green tea are rich in antioxidants.
2: And the supplements such as astax- I cannot call that I can't even pronounce this a S T A X A N T H I N is one of the most powerful antioxidants available.
1: Well, I hope that answers it for you, Robert. Yeah, you can submit your own burning question by going to the Wellness Connection A H uh, I, excuse me, the Wellness Connection A H I at gmail.com. That's the L- Wellness Connection A H I at gmail.com and submit your own burning question. Tune in every week to hear if your question is being answered on the air.
2: We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. You're listening to The Wellness Connection on Voice America Digital Radio Network.
4: Balance and good health, two essential building blocks for a full and rich life. But sometimes in our complex and stressful world, both can be lost and you need to find a natural way to get them back. Enter CBD oil, a natural approach to restoring harmony to your body and your life. But not just any CBD oil. For natural results, you want to be sure the CBD oil you use is produced the right way. Wave Organics offers pure CBD oil from hemp-raised naturally on farms in Colorado. The oil is extracted using supercritical CO2, which is free of toxic solvents. In fact, Wave controls every step in the process, offering quality control and natural approaches from seed to shelf. Visit waayb.com to learn more and use the code wellnessconnection for a 10% discount on your first order. Wave Organics, pure natural CBD.
0: You're listening to The Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter Aradia, please send it via email to a h i at gmail.com. That's the Wellness Connection, A-H-I, at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show.
1: Our next section is our drug-induced nutrient depletion update. And what would be our drug this week, Rodia?
2: Okay, Peter, the drug category this week is on alpha agonists, which are another hypertension medication, such as clonidine. And the nutrient depletion that this drug could cause uh, is calcium and vitamin E.
1: Well, as we know, calcium deficiency may cause muscle weakness, pain and spasm, poor concentration, bone loss, and irregular heart rhythm.
2: And vitamin E deficiency may cause dry, dull, falling hair heart disease, miscarriage, muscle wasting, impotency, enlarged prostate gland, and GI disease.
1: So when you pick up your prescriptions, be sure that you talk to a qualified pharmacist or wellness consultant in order to help you get the right nutrients to complement your prescription. And now it's time for our health freedom segment, and we are delighted to have with us today our very special guest and good friend, Diane Miller. She is an attorney and legal and public policy director for National Health Freedom Coalition and its sister lobbying organization, National Health Freedom Action. Both organizations provide information and resources to health freedom decision makers and leaders across the country, helping them protect their freedoms as they relate to health. Diane is a co-founder and moderator of the World Health Freedom Assembly and the United States Health Freedom Congress and author of The Principles of Health Freedom.
2: Diane's work involves state, national, and international health freedom issues such as protecting access to homeopaths, naturopaths, herbalists, holistic medical professionals, and other healers, protecting access to dietary supplements, protecting consumers' rights to choose non-toxic health options and avoid or modify unsafe treatments or environments that pose potential harm, working for truthful labeling of genetically modified foods and tracking international forums that impact health freedom. Diane, welcome to the Wellness Connection.
6: Hi, it's great to be here with you, too. Makes me tired just listening to all that stuff, though. (laughs) You sound so
1: good, you thought you'd hire yourself. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So Diane, you know, your, your, your groups have focused on the enactment of a particular piece of legislation, the Safe Harbor Bill, to protect citizens' right of access to alternative health services. What exactly is a Safe Harbor Bill?
6: Yes, uh, the Safe Harbor Bills are, are, it's kind of like the first founding issue that we started with 20 years ago and it was um, the need to pass laws that gave the, uh, took back the right of healers to practice in their states. What we learned at that time was that most states have really broad laws for the medical community, doctors and nurses and chiropractors, and those broad licensing laws actually have criminal charges in for anybody that doesn't have a license that are doing healing acts. And don't forget the dietitians they're in there and too. the dietitians very broad definitions of dietetics and it outlaws in many states the ability for anybody to do nutrition counseling or Um, healing um, of making people more comfortable, contributing to wellness, preventive care. The licensing laws are very broad, and there, there were very few exemptions within those laws. Some states have exemptions in their laws for, for example, healing by prayer or spiritual means, Or they, like uh, Iowa has an exemption in for using spring water from the farm for healing purposes. And uh, Massachusetts has one for clairvoyance. Uh, So they have exemptions for particular uh, people in different states. But in general, you could technically say herbalists, homeopaths, traditional naturopaths, all the people that are doing healing could feasibly be shut down for practicing medicine without a license because of the way the laws are drafted.
2: Mm. So what are some of the obstacles that you've had to overcome to get such legislation passed? Well, I think the biggest
6: obstacle is that over the last 100 years, the community and legislators have become very comfortable with licensing laws. So the licensing laws say okay what is your profession let's define it let's tell where you have to go get your education for it and then the government gives permission for you to do that and outlaws it for everyone else and we we were challenging that concept of licensing because the constitution doesn't give the government the right to give out a privilege to do things that are not dangerous So we live in a free society, and we are supposedly able to do our vocations. We can mow lawns, we can paint houses, we can do lots of different things without getting permission from the government. And what we were arguing is the definition of medicine is so broad, it's shutting all these healers down that aren't harming anyone, and we're wanting to take back that sovereign right to heal, and so our challenge was to um, really get the concept of taking back jurisdiction for things that are not causing harm. They were so used to giving out the privilege to be a healer that they thought that that was the only way to do it, and they didn't understand the constitutional issues.
1: Well, you've done yeoman work with uh, you and, and your colleagues at National Health Freedom Oak Coalition over the years. How many states have safe harbor laws on the books, and which ones are you working on now?
6: Well, we have 10 states that have some form of safe harbor now, since uh, there was, there were, Idaho has had a safe harbor bill in the Medical Practices Act, a law, an exemption law for people that are doing natural healing, um, since 1976. And uh, 1994, Oklahoma passed one that uh, talked about the difference between allopathic and homeopathic medicine. But the other eight have been in the last uh, 20 years since we've been working on this. And we are working on, I have a kind of a little map that I keep for myself of the states that we're actively working on right now, there are 26 more states that have introduced in the last 10 years some type of legislation that has not passed yet, but they've worked on it. But right now, we're we're working with Wisconsin. Uh, they are introducing a safe harbor bill for healers. Uh, Michigan is preparing to. The state of Massachusetts is they're preparing to, they'd had one last year and uh, it did not pass, but they're going to reintroduce They're working with a the group there. And the state of Maine is considering getting a group together right now to do it. Um, we also are working in the state of Arizona because they're doing a study on naturopathic licensure. So those are the states that we're spending a lot of time with right now, but we have connections in, you know, another 10 states where we're, that are just getting to the point where they're thinking of putting in legislation. And uh, so we're always in flux, like depending on the small consumer groups there or the large uh, groups there that haven't been successful. And we want to tell them how to to do it more successfully or help them find, you know, more lobbying resources or uh, teach them more about how to, argue the points to the legislatures, so sometimes we're giving workshops on the ground there, or we're talking on a weekly basis to a group to
2: coach them through how the political process works. Hmm. Well, how can our listeners learn more about the activities of the National Health Freedom Coalition and the National Health Freedom Action?
6: Well, we're just, uh, we're, we're within a week or so of launching a new website, but our regular website that's been there for years is nationalhealthfreedom.org, and then you, if you go to that one, you'll go to our educational organization, and on that website, you can also click then to the action organization. Now, what we do is, if say that a, a group gets a bill moving, we put out action alerts to people throughout that state so that they can automatically send a letter to their legislators. It's a, a great program that um, we have on our website that gives people the opportunity to be in touch with their letter, legislators very easily. So we put out action alerts in every state. And sometimes if we have a situation where, like, for example, we get involved in an issue that's not just a state issue, like homeopsy, we'll put out a national alert to thousands and thousands of People so that they can put in their comments to congressional legislators as well. So our website is very active. It's nationalhealthfreedom.org, and, and then also the action site.
2: I wish we could talk to you some more, but that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Diane Miller, for joining us on the Wellness Connection. Yeah, it's great. To, great, and thanks for getting the
6: word out. Thank you for all of the work that you do to let people know what's really going on in the country with real
2: health. Well, so thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Well, that's what we all have to do is just keep that messaging getting out there. Yeah. Be sure to turn in uh, tune in next week, and of course, be sure to submit your burning question to um, the Wellness Connection ahi at gmail and the next one we answer may be yours.
1: I'm your co-host, Roddy Aglis. And I'm your co-host, Peter McCarthy. So long for now from the Wellness Connection brought to you by WABE and Alpha Therapeutics. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Wellness Connection with Roddy Agleese and Peter McCarthy. Be sure to join us for another episode next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again next week.